Hello, you're listening to the Hamilton Brothers e-commerce podcast. If you want to join one of our clients' programs and get into one of our masterminds, if you're looking to accelerate, we're working with a few e-commerce owners to help them add an extra 20K to their revenue and doing this without adding complexity to the business. If you'd like to get some growth this month, book a call with us by going to ecommercecall.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about selling jewelry online and using the five salesperson process to get it done. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hi, Mark. Good to hear you. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. So this week, um, we've done quite a few podcasts based around specific industries and specific ones. And um, sometimes we use the podcasts to when people buy the book or something, and we, they, they, they are you know, running a specific type of site. Um, we like to send them a podcast that's relevant to them. So we've got quite a few ones. We've got homeware. We've got furniture. We've done um, DIY stores. Done all sorts of different ones, basically, but we haven't got one for jewelry. And and I, and a lot of people that that we're working with on some of the masterminds, and some people buying the book, and some people in the level two are selling jewelry. So it just made sense to do one on jewelry. So then the uh, the team have got something to send mm. to the jewelry people as well. So um, we just wanted to go in into that and and wanted to unpack it with the um, the five salesmen, basically. So you know the recent. Uh, structure that we've been talking about. Um, we didn't do that on the other ones, but now we've got the structure. So I thought I'd go through the five salesmen um, from the first point of view. So, um, I mean, do you want to just kind of tee your thoughts off yeah. on jewelry before we get into it? Yeah, yeah. My my general take. So anyone who comes and asks us, I'm I'm, I'm selling jewelry online. You know, I always think about a couple of things. Um, I think the first one is it tends to be you're buying it as a gift. So it's gifting, isn't it? And so when you when you're doing gifting, you're selling, you're selling something that is going to be bought to be given to somebody. Obviously, that's what a gift is. And that makes it slightly harder. When you're doing gifting, the the average order value tends to be a little bit lower. And the lifetime customer value tends to be quite hard. So you know, when you with, with gift, there's, there's people like Moonpig and you know places like that that have amazing life and customer value. But um, when you when you're just selling gifts, so you're a small put sort of boutique, you know, jewelry type of business. Your know, life and customer value does tend to be quite quite a difficult stat. What I mean by that is because you're buying a gift for somebody else, you don't really know who that person is that's buying it, and they're the one that you've got the they're they're your customer. Mm. You don't know who they. You don't really know who they are. They might be buying a, you know, a pair of dangly silver ear- earrings, that you know, for a that's for you know a particular demographic. But who is that person, and what are they? Because that's that's your customer database. Whereas in a normal e-commerce business, you know, if 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 I'm selling a T-shirt like this, I know the I know who who's bought it, and therefore I own the customer. So that's that's the challenge of gifting, and the other challenge of gifting of jewellery particularly, um, is you get a lot of window shoppers. You get a lot of people coming onto the site, looking around for inspiration, not necessarily ready to buy. Um, they're just sort of floating around Google, 
trying to be inspired by what you know what what does my wife want to you know what kind of silver jewelry does my wife want and you mm. sort of there's a lot of that a lot of sort of window discovery going on and and then when people do make the decision to actually buy that piece of jewelry for the gift um, they 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 get quite distressed because they want it now because if the birthday is on Saturday and it's now Thursday they've got a guarantee that it's going to come tomorrow. So they get quite anxious about delivery um, mm. and they won't buy unless they we can guarantee that the delivery's coming. So there's there some of the nuances. Um, I'll take, I'll just do, can I do one more mm-hmm. nuance? Um, I remember working with a, cu- a customer. So m- most jewellery is, is difficult to compare. So you can't, you don't know if, if someone's selling a jewellery you know, a set of, you know, diamond earrings, it's very hard to compare it to the next store, you know, because it's it's never really branded as something. Um, But obviously within, it's like a generic silver bracelet and they can photograph it however you want. And it's really difficult to know other than, you know, how many carats of gold and things like that it is. But um, that's diamond. That's diamond, Mm. isn't it? Carats is diamond. Um, but there are pockets of jewellery. There's lots of pockets of jewellery. There is branded items. Like is, it ju- is it ju- it's carrots. Is, is that gold? Yeah. That's gold, isn't it? No, carrots is, is diamonds as well. What's, what's carrots got are diamonds. One? Yeah, what's the gold one? Gold has got... You know this. Yeah. We've got, got, five, we've got <laughs> lots of clients selling gold stuff. Um, <laughs> I love silver at the moment as well. For God's sake. I can't remember. Quick Google. Stupid. Quick Google. Yeah. Well, you do that, and I'll tell you the the, the story about um yeah. about the the the, the Beaverbrooks company. So if you're selling um jewelry or pieces of jewelry, and I'd put watches in this classification in a way too, um that they you know, if you're selling other people's products, it, it, those the same rules still apply as that we say. You know, you you, you don't exist in a vacuum. And this particular customer. Uh, wanted to sell a brand of tag watches, tag hero watches, and they just weren't competitive. You know, they were they were it's more. Just, it is the same. It's the same. It's carrot. It's spelled differently. A carrot gold oh, okay. is and it's carrot. Yeah. Yeah. Hence my confusion. Yeah. Good. Good. Good check. So with with this particular client, they were selling a brand of jewelry that was well recognised. You could go into Google, Google and you could buy it from anywhere. And um, they they were I think they were they were fifty pounds more expensive than everybody else. A delivery was seven to ten days, and everyone else's was either next day or same day collection in store. Um, their their returns policy was non-existent, and everybody else was having a, a note. I think it was like a ninety day no quibble, and they couldn't sell. And they just they you know, but they didn't they didn't address that fundamental problem. With it, with, that it was about competitive value proposition stuff. It, they just weren't competitive in the market. So, so that, there's just a caveat there. That if you're selling jewelry that is that is well known, and you can buy it in lots of places, mm. then the market square test applies here. And that is essentially go out to the market and see who's selling at what. What's the returns policy? What's the delivery promises? What's the delivery cost? What's the cost of the product? Make sure they're all right, and then focus on why people should buy from you. Whereas if you're selling jewellery that's that's your own brand or is not well known that you can't search for it, 
in the example I said about the silver earrings, then it's all about desirability. So it's about increasing desirability. Um, to but uh, otherwise they're not going to they're not going to they're not going to buy. So there's the general. Whereas if you say if you know if you if, you, if you're selling a you know recognised branded watch or, or a panda or a bracelet, you know it's already the desirability is often already there. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's unpack it. Let's say someone's selling um, their own jewellery, their own brand of jewellery, um, because I think that if someone's selling other people's jewelry, then a lot of the other podcasts are going to make sense, you know, like selling other people's products and all that kind of stuff. Why should I buy from you and things like that? And often you're going to have the imagery from the, the brands as well. So if you're selling your own stuff, you've got to create that, you've got to create that desirability from, from scratch. So going through the uh, five sales people, first salesman is, am I in the right place? So with jewelry, um, it, that for people to be in the right place, we are going to have to have imagery that when people land on the landing pages, it conveys the emotion that they want to create when I buy that product. So it's not just about the jewelry itself on those landing pages. It's about the look and the feel of the environment. It's about setting the stage, almost as if you're about to sit down and watch a, a play at the theatre and you're looking at the stage and it's set and you start getting a feel for the play that you're about to receive. So the imagery is not just about plonking on an earring in the middle of the page on those landing pages. It's about giving them that stage. You know, what era are we evoking? What lifestyle are we suggesting? What environments do the people live in who wear this jewelry? What type of people wear this? And do I want to be them? Or do I want, does, does this match the person I'm buying the gift for? So would you add anything to that, Ian? I would just say it's very much about selling the the lifestyle, you know. By by by, you know, it, it's setting the tone of voice, isn't it? It's it's very much about I'm, I'm stepping into that world, and so like you say, you know, you can't just plonk some earrings on the on the page and expect people to, to think, oh, they look really desirable. So you know, this is this is this is very much around stepping into that that world. And and yeah. obviously lots of fa- fashion brands do this very very well. I mean, it's quite similar to fashion in a way in this sense, isn't it? And, and home decor. I think it's the same thing with yeah. like home decor. You it can't is. just plonk a light down. You've got to say, oh, this pl- this light goes very well with this look, and it fits this this mood, and it's this outfit. You know, it's 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 all that kind of. It's greater than the sum of its parts. It's basically it's this, but it could be this. This is how it how it fits into the life. And I think we're often with e-commerce. We're not. We don't want people to have to think. We don't want them to have to think, oh, wonder what I could do with that earring. We want them to know just by looking at the image to go, yeah, that's right. I'm in the right place. So, so continuing with that, you know, not making them think, they're still in that kind of like, am I in the right place? First salesperson one is they need to, we need to get them to where they need to go without the minimum thinking because everybody coming to those landing pages, be it, the, you know, say you're doing Facebook advertising, they're coming to the homepage or they're coming to a collections page, category page. We need to understand, we need to bridge the customer. We did a podcast on bridging to the customer, if you remember. Um, and it's like, well, they'll know who the gift is for or who they're buying for. So, they'll, you know, so you often that's see man, key. woman, child. You know, that's... that's Just to summarize that, because that's, I think that's, that's really key, that you've got to be where the customer is. So not where, not where you are. Now, the customer will know the job to be done is to buy something for my wife 
um, as an example. So that's where they are, but they don't know what to buy. So they know they might know they want to spend a hundred pounds, and they might know they want to 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 get some silver ear, earrings. Um, but they're, they're actually quite far ahead, aren't they? But or they might just know I I've, I've got to buy something for my wife for her birthday. Mm. It's coming up. Yeah. Do you have to be where they are? Yeah. You know, so you, you have to kind of know what think about what they what they're going to know when they're going to arrive. And so often, if often you might have. Let's say it's the homepage and you go shop, shop man, shop women, shop children, and it's a woman and they click on women and then they go, well, what are the most common jobs to be done for, for the woman, someone buying for a woman? Is it anniversary gift, birthday gift, some earrings? Maybe they know they need, to need some earrings. I'll go straight to earrings or some bracelets. So you tend to what Ian and I call category A pages at that stage um, because uh, just explain what a category A page is. Ian, must I? Well, it's it, it's I mean, it's and essentially then... like a like a subcategory, really. So you might so if you're clicking on, you know, women, you know, jewelry for women, you know, it's so broad that you know you, you, you're gonna you're gonna you basically gonna throw product. If you don't have a category A landing page, um, it's like throwing a you know a massive mm. brochure at someone's head. You go there, you go. So you're mm. taking them in a journey. Now the danger the danger is that you you get too restrictive. So you don't want to make it too restrictive because people love to browse jewelry and any fashion item or any homeware, et cetera. They love to navigate freely through the website. And you know, they don't want to be too restrictive. So if they if they want to see um, you know, you know, let's say the Christopher Cross is there, they they don't want to see they want to see all of them. They don't want to see gold ones and silver ones separately. They want to see them all. They just want to go, oh, wow, look, look at them all. So you, so, you, so you have to think about that. But generally, it's about helping them on that journey. Category A page is about understanding the flow. So rather than, because essentially, if you know, you've got to answer that question. You've got to, you've got to find, help them find that gift for that person better than Google can. Um, and so you've got. So if they, if you think, if you, if it's too, if you're just saying, right, we're not going to help you now. We're not going to help hold your hand through this. It's like, oh my God, it's too much choice. I don't know where to go. Mm. And it's what you would do if you had a store. If you had a, if you had a physical jewelry shop in the high street somewhere, perhaps in some lovely, fashionable London suburb, and you know you had this beautiful boutique shop that was absolutely where your target customers were, and they, you know, they come through the door. It's, it's, you know, you, you'd say, hey. You, Oh, I'm looking for a gift for my wife. Ah, right. Well, okay. Well, let's go through this little journey. And you take them yeah. on this little journey. And you say, what's the and occasion? What and and then you'd say, oh, well, this is right for your wedding anniversary, something like that. So category A pages, for those people who don't know, tend to be like not a category where you've got individual products, but like with subcategories on it. And we tend to do them with kind of different size tiles on the page. So you may be some big, some bigger ones, some smaller ones and the bigger ones will be yeah. the main job. So you might have like earrings might be, you know, you could see on Google analytics um, that when people go to the homepage and then they go to this category page, that the page after that is people, a lot of people go to earrings. So you'd make that yeah. a nice well, earrings uh, lifestyle. Go and image. have a look, go and have a look at misguided.com. Misguided.com is a fashion brand in the UK. And look at the top of their category pages because they've got, they've got like a mini what we're talking about here, they've got the products underneath mm. and they've got this mini one at the top. So if you want to just go straight into the products and browse mm. freely, you can. But at the top, you've got these 
little those circular items. They've done a quite good job of that. So have a look at have a look at those. Yeah, and also sometimes the category pages work well because you can have bigger images, bigger tile images, and people are still deciding whether they're in the right place. So they can go, yep, yeah, I'm still getting the lifestyle feel. I, I know I'm, I'm very quickly moving to where I want to get. I'm, I'm buying a birthday gift for my wife, and I'm into earrings, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. And then you would come to category B page, which is the page that actually shows the products. And on this page, it's probably the first time that you'd show prices. You probably wouldn't have even talked about prices yet uh, until you got to this page, because before that, it wasn't really about price. It was about whether they were convinced, regardless of price, whether you could actually um, deliver them a gift for their job. You know, they need to be convinced of that. You know, it's like walking into a really expensive furniture shop. You don't even look at the prices if you think the furniture is horrible. Then you just kind of go, "Oh, yeah, well, that's really expensive now, Matt." You know, like it's it's the first thing is you walk into the shop, you kind of go, "Oh, this is nice. I like this." But also, also with jewelry, people, I think people come into it with a rough idea of what they want to spend. Yeah. Birthday. Yeah. And and if they're looking at something that's that's not in that price range, it's too high. They don't even go in. You kind of want them to go into the product, fall in love with it, look, you know, and then yeah. go, ah, oh, yeah, actually, oh, it's not, it's not actually that much more than I thought it would. Oh, you know what? Mm. She's gonna love that, or he's gonna love that. You know. Yeah, because if you ask people how much they want to spend before they've seen something, they'll just it'll be completely about price. They'll be like, they'll be looking, they'll be thinking about the value of the money in their in their wallet rather than actually what they're going to buy. And so we don't want them to do that yet. We want them to actually think about the gift they're buying or what experience they're going to get for themselves. So once we're on category B pages, we tend to have very clear product images. Now, a mistake I see, you know, with um, you know, beginners' websites is that they have product images that are different sizes on different types of backgrounds and um, it's not all uniform. You really want to um, set the collection up as a collection and have all the images look and be done professionally and have all the same backgrounds so it looks easy to look together. You don't kind of, you can, because what you people want to do here is they want to scroll through a lot of products and they want to browse a lot. If you've got different shaped images and you've got different shaped uh, products with different backgrounds, the brain has to think much harder to actually go and compare items, you know, because it's got two uh, earrings that might be very similar, but if they're on different backgrounds, you can't you can't see that they're very similar. So, um, you know, I, I, I might be convinced that something might be right, but I, I want to kind of look at a few things. I want to feel like I've had a good a good search. Well, it's all about imagery, isn't it, for jewellery? Mm. Imagery is absolutely key. You know, yeah. that's that. It's got to be absolutely bang on. If your imagery is poor, you know, it's a bit like fashion. If you fashion, if you fashion image or your home, it is very much like home 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 decor, isn't it? Mm. The homewares. It's like homewares and fashion and jewellery. It's there's certain things where it's all about the aesthetic, and the images are poor. You're going to, so if you're going to invest in anything, you invest in your images. But we've seen a lot of it where they've where they've haven't taken a picture of it on a person, so you don't know how big you don't know how big it is. Yeah, that's the problem with necklaces a lot of the time because you'll see it and you go, I don't know how low down that is on my chest and whether it's you know going to suit me and stuff. So you know you can have a scroll over, a rollover. So when they you know when they're highlighting it, it, it shows the the jewelry on on a person, or you can even lead with with the jewelry on the person if you well, if you've got the you right would, model. Actually. 
I mean, a lot, a lot of places, like I'm not, not on the high street, you know, there was a trend of where they were taking jewellery on like a, like a piece of slate or a piece of bark, you know, with some little flowers drifted on it. And it's, and it looks wonderful as an image, but actually you can't see that image. You need to see it on a person. You need to see exactly like you just said with the necklace. How mm. high is it? How low is it? How big is it? You yeah. Know, it's, it's very important. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't really get an idea for it. Yeah. And then, we have to realize that the person who's buying the jewelry or the gift, they might not be buying it for themselves and they might not be a expert in buying earrings. You know, how many times have I bought earrings for my wife? You know, like two or three times in, in my lifetime. And it's something I've, I don't, I'm not an expert. I don't know. I've got a lot of anxiety around what to buy and if I am going to be flying around the categories, kind of looking at loads and loads of products, I'm eventually going to give up because it's too hard. And what I really want to do is what would happen in a shop is I'd talk to somebody who was maybe similar age to my wife or, and, I, and I'd start saying, well, you know, do you think she'd like this? And what would you think? And I'm like, well, you know, I, 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 I bought this before. So we have to help people out who aren't as knowledgeable about buying jewelry as um, some of your other customers who are buying them themselves. So, so we need to do, do things. Then? Well, we we can do recommended products. We can merchandise. We can show the ones that are trending in the categories they're looking at. We can see the, show the best-selling ones. Um, we can show the new ones that, you know, it's something that she wouldn't have, you know, something completely new. She's Maybe, maybe that I know my wife loves this jewelry brand um, and I'm worried about buying her something she's already got. So therefore, if I'm clicking on you, uh, I know she won't have. And then also, I want to be would able to shop do... by price. Yeah. Okay. And so, would you do? Would you do like the wizard configurator? Would you do things like, you know, taking them on that little flow? Would you do things like Tidio? You know, where you're um, taking them down that journey. Yeah, I, I think I don't know if you do a product selection wizard for this, but I, I certainly think you could do like a Tidio flow. Where you're saying, are you, you know, what are you, what are you, you know, who are you buying for, man, woman, child, man, uh, woman? Um, are you looking for um, any of these items, earrings, you know, so and so? And then you know, say, how much are you looking to spend? And then you could actually take them to that. You could do a similar yeah. thing with the Tidio. Or I need some help, you know, and I need to talk to somebody. So yeah. you could do a lot of those things with Tidio, which is. Um, and they're all good. they're all the ads basket ones. Are we still on the ads basket salesperson? Yeah, we're we're kind of on ca okay. category B pages. I say we're on the ads basket one now, and um, we're we're essentially we essentially convinced them that we've got something for them. They're in the right place, and now yeah. we're trying to find the right product for them as quickly as possible before they run out of yeah. run out of willpower. So I think that's where that's where another another well, not it's not a nuance, but quite an extreme version of this. Is that you know if it's if it's driven by Google Shopping a lot well a lot of it's product ads isn't it you know it's Google mm. Shopping and it's Facebook ads so they're going straight to the product and so like they are not going to buy the often they won't buy the first product they see you know I mean, we we were chatting to um, a jewelry client the other week and they sell lots of silver bangles and break you know bracelets and things like that and they've got like they've got hundreds of different little silver bracelets. And, you know, they're all, at the moment, they were all in the Google Shopping feed, every single one of them. I mean, let's, let's say there's 200 slightly tight, you know, different 
variations of silver bracelets. And they go, and they're, so they're all being pushed into Google Shopping, and they're all, um, and they're going to a product page, and that product page is pretty much a dead end page at the moment. So you know, there's nowhere else to go. So they're in Google Shopping. Same for Facebook. In Facebook, in Google Shopping, you land on that product page. And you know you might like that. That's you know Google has randomly picked one of those two hundred silver bracelets, and you might like it, but you might like something else more. So if if you don't do a good job of helping encourage the flow, because when you're selling jewelry and gifting, the flow is quite important. So you'd so you'd want a big signpost to see all the other silver jewelry, uh, silver bracelets, and all and you have to do a lot of um, pulling other products and other categories out that are relevant and make that quite high up in the page to encourage that flow through. Because otherwise, what they're going to do, they're going to go straight back into Google and you've paid for that click and they're going to bounce. Your bounce rate on that product page will be 85%. So that goes back to like one of the first things that we ever talked about when we first started ranting on the podcast was the product page can't be a dead end page. Mm. Uh, it has to encourage that. It's the first thing before they're bothered about price, before they're bothered about when it's going to come, what the returns policy is, how much delivery is. They have to try and find the right product first. Mm. And they're not bothered about what it goes well with, the matching no. thing. They don't care about what it bloody goes well with or get the look. They care about is this the right product in, in the first place? Mm. And that's what their job is. And that's the first thing you've got well, to do. Well, it's right very visual, isn't it, that jewelry? Very yeah. visual. And if they clicked on your product on Google Shopping, it's quite likely that they like that product. And so they're using the visuals to, to tell you that that is something they like. So when they come on, you want to say, do you want to see more like this? Do you want to see more in this collection? Do you want to see more by this designer? Do you want to see them more from this era? You know, do you want to see something... Similar to maybe this isn't quite right, but you, we've got other stuff so, that's around that. Let me ask you a question on that, Mark. So when, so, so when this particular client said, he said, should I have all my products? So I've got 200 slightly different silver bangles, which is mm. a silver bracelet. So should I have all 200 of them in the Google Shopping feed? Or should I just take maybe my top 10 and, and, and optimize those pages better. Like what, what, what would you say to that question? Well, it depends how different they are and how different photography, photography is. Now, what will happen is Google will start to find which products it likes and it'll start pushing those a lot harder and it'll start, it'll get its favorites, whether that's your favorite or not, and it'll start pushing that and then you'll get landing pages from that, um, from that product. Now, whether that's a good thing or not, I mean, obviously we want to probably push the best sellers more because we know they convert more and we can maybe give it a little bit of juice. But so if I was starting out, I'd probably start with my best sellers and I'd probably gradually add different ones. And you can also use the other silver bangles for some of the other keywords in the so, you know, like silver bracelets for men or something like that it could be another search query that could be on the product title. It just in the feed. For those, so you could maybe have five different products that were going after slightly different keywords. The way the way I feel about it is that you you you, know, you almost want to think about it like that if they click on a, on an ad in Google, ad Facebook, Google or Facebook, it's that it's the start of the discovery. All we know is that they want a silver bangle, 
Mm. And we don't know what it is. So it's like it's like you have to think about it in that way. They're not going to buy the first one they see. So it's the start. All we, you know, it's the start of that discovery. Mm. Well, often I, often they actually do buy. End up buying the first one they see, but they like to see other stuff. Yeah, see other stuff first. Yeah, and you can so, see this by how you know what how many you know pages per visit, you know average session duration, how many how many sessions they have before they buy things like that, mm. or average mm. or average sessions before you know per user. Yeah. You often find that's quite high. Yeah. In jewelry, you often find that it, you know that they do that the, the amount of pages they go to is quite is quite quite a lot. Mm. You know, before so they buy. In terms of the product page, on top of what, what you've said already, what what we've got differently with 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 jewelry is a lot of gift buyers. And so therefore we have a lot of worry about um, will the person like it? What's the returns policy? What's the return, you know, like especially if it's engraved and all those kind of stuff, I mean, there's clearly going to be anxiety. Say I was buying a bracelet for Ian with uh, Hammerman on it, on it and I sent it to him, I'd be worried that he would be thinking that is horrible, I don't want it, and can I return it? So, you know, like it's you have to think about your returns policy with jewellery not as something that's a pain for you to do to get things returned and how it's going to do, but actually as a as a marketing tool, as a marketing cost, because it's very likely with jewelry that if you are more lenient with your returns policy and shout about it on the home on your product page, is you will get a much bigger conversion uplift than the cost of actual returns usually, and so therefore, particularly with jewelry we have to be very, very careful about what barriers we're putting in front of the customer and what risk we're asking them to take. You know, having like a, oh, we've got 10 days return policy on a gift. It's not long enough. You know, if I'm thinking I've got to buy it for, for Ian, I've got to get it delivered, I've got to wrap it up, and then I've got to get it to his birthday, and he's got to decide yeah. whether he likes it. You know, you're talking 60 so days before. What you're basically saying here is you take the biggest anxieties that exist in this particular industry um, and just squash them. Mm. And so, and we, we know for jewelry, it's what happens if, what ha well, we know it's, it's what happens if this person doesn't like it and will it arrive on time? And is it good value for money? Because they love it when it's like, whoa, it was a hundred pounds, but it looks like, Mm. 500 pounds and they're going to go and, they, and this one they're going to feel amazing when they open when they get the when i give this gift to them they're going to go wow i can't believe you got me these it's incredible that's what you're selling that's the job to be done and then what they're anxious about which you find out through looking at the negative reviews is that um that they didn't like you know what happens if they didn't like it and mm. what happens if it didn't arrive on time so you, you're just yeah. hitting those on the head and i remember i mean i said exactly the same thing to that same client the other week I said, what is your returns rate? He said, oh, it's really low. It's really, really low. It's like, you know, 2%. And I said, brilliant. Because if it's really low, it means you can be really, really, you can shout a lot about it. You can make it into this amazing thing. Yeah. And he said, if it's, and the 2% actually returned it within the first, I think it was like the first 10 days. Mm. So if they didn't return it after that, they didn't return it. So it's like then, so you then go right. We're going to have a free, no quibble return. And obviously, jewelry's you know quite light to post. 
which is also good. So you can go, we're going to do a free no quibble returns policy for 90 days because you know that the returns rate is really low anyway. Um, and if they're going to return, they do it so really quickly. So you just be big and bold with it. Yeah. I always say that. We always say go with your best foot forward, don't we? Yeah. You know, Google, you know, go with your, you know, take away the anxieties, go into the market strong with a competitive price, a good delivery, a good returns policy, good warranty. Um, and then you know that if it's going to fail, you fail fast. Mm. And you don't spend six months going, oh, well, maybe we should have offered free delivery or maybe we should have, you know, offered free return. Just go, go in fast and hard and take away the anxiety. Mm. And, and you also want to have, is, of course, you can put it in the price. Can't you, you know, make the guarantee, make the guarantee from the craftsperson who's making it. Make a big player in returns and, and and make the you know that promise come from the person who makes the jewelry. You know, like like it's personal and it's actually a real person doing it. And because people want to buy from you know an artisan and they they want to. Well, that's you your know, brand, isn't it? That's the yeah. equivalent of being a brand. And it, it's, they don't really care about the person, you know, per se, but they care about the skills the person has accumulated, which makes them an authority in in, in making jewelry. And maybe they have, maybe they made jewelry for Princess Diana, or you know, like they've done, you know, there's something there, and they go, "Oh, wow!" Well, it's and funny, you know, you know that that particular client I'm saying again, he he did he did some some uh, video calls with us, didn't he? And mm. And he, in the background of his video, he, he would do it in his, in his workshop. And in the background, he'd have all his tools and his old benches there and all the hammers and all the kind of chisels and stuff. And we were like, wow, look, is that all your stuff? He said, yeah, yeah, we, this, 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 let me show you. And, and he, you know, showing us. And it's like, none of this is on your website. Mm. None of it. You've just got a picture of a show. You know, so it basically it looks like you buy it from China. You actually make it. You actually build it. You actually, you know, mm. hand engrave it with all this stuff behind you, all this kit, and that mm. that story. And that and, and he was he was you know quite a characterful chap, and he looked looked good, and he had a big you know cool artistic type hair. <laughs> he looked cool, and that and that needs to come across, doesn't it? We're saying that mm. that that personality of it. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's about the this about the trust of the person you're buying from. Can you trust them? And then it's the other things that come across, you know, from the anxiety work that we talk about. You know, it, often it comes like about sizing. If it's a ring and things like that, there's there's, there's anxiety around that. You've got to deal with that. Um, there's also the reassurance that you know, is it a hallmark or is there a guarantee or is it a certain you know, is it quality? You know, how can I be sure that? This is, you know, proper gold or proper silver or whatever. I mean, am I part of the Silversmith Association or the Goldsmith Association or whatever it is? You know, those kind of stamps, they look quite good. And people go, oh, it's proper, you know, uh, jewelry business. And then um, the other thing, again, you want to bring bring the jewelry alive and um, maybe include either your own Instagram shots of your lifestyle images underneath, or if you've got good images coming in from people who wear the jewelry, then putting those those there as well. So people can get a feel for it because with jewelry, you very much have to tell the story with images. You know, it, you're not going to have a big essay with a description um, because people who buy jewelry do so because they like looking at stuff. Mm. If they wanted to buy a something that was a present that someone would read, they'd buy them a book. So they're buying something visual. So you need to tell the story visually because that's what, that's the business you're in. Mm. Yeah. So, um, 
And yeah, so I, now I we're... think I'd say about images as well is that the the unboxing is very important here. Yeah. You know, so you oh yeah, I forgot that. Yes. So the um, also in the images, if it's a gift, show people how it's going to arrive. The packaging. Yeah. So you're going to get this beautiful box, and you're going to get this little leather leather pouch and pouch. all this kind of stuff and it's going to come with a handwritten card and lovely. that's all yeah. all put out like the that paper yeah yeah so yeah. because because what they're actually what they're actually buying is the emotional feeling that that person that they're giving it to is going to have and that's yeah. they're buying that wow i can't believe you bought me this this is amazing yeah it's and the whole experience because actually they yeah. if they're a gift buyer they're going to get their enjoyment out of the gift when they they, they see the person opening it mm. So they can then imagine them opening up that beautiful um, box and a beautiful thing to open it and all that kind of stuff. Whereas you, if they go, well, it was a plastic bag and I'm handing over a plastic bag with a bit of metal in it, it's not, it's not the same, is it? You know, you're not conjuring up anything. Yeah. So and that's, that's, a, that's a very important about the, the job. There's two jobs to be done. There's mm. a job to be done to find the right gift, but the job to, ultimately, the job to be done is selling that emotional feeling that when you're going to give it to us give it to the person yeah. you know they're going to love it and so you i mean facebook advertising those kind of things like those unboxing ads when you've got beautiful packaging and someone's just received it and they're opening it up and there's close-up yeah. of it they can see the whole thing that that is um yeah. Yeah, it works really well so yeah. um all right so we've got we've gone to the product page someone's added something to the basket we're moving along salesperson number four um i think number four and um, basket three. to order Three. What we got? Because I'm in the right. The greeter, the add to basket. Yeah, number three, the basket to order. So, yeah. so, but let me just say now. So we often find that the add to basket stat is reasonably healthy, um, mm -hmm. generally, and it's because people people tend to use the basket as a dumping ground, as a as a way of saving things for later. You know, in, 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 if you don't have a wish list, but this particularly happens. I mean, we were with a client the other week. That had a really, really high add to basket, um, and but, but then a, a, a low basket to order, and because people were using it there as an elimination. So that, but that, it, you know, but look at it. If your add to basket is low when you're selling jewelry, your add to basket is low. It'll be because your bounce rate is too high, and it will, and then it's understanding well, where are they bouncing? Um, you know, which product pages are they bouncing on? Which categories are they bouncing on? And what, you know, and then you start, you start to focus your attention on those. Mm -hmm. Get the bounce rate down, add to basket will go up because on an e-commerce site, they can't do anything else. Bounce rate down, add to basket up, conversion up, revenue. Yeah, yeah. So now we're into basket to order on the basket page. We now need to convince them why they should buy from us. We need to, again, we need to reassure them. So we need to reassure them we can get it to them quickly. It's going to be fast. It's going to be secure delivery. If they're you know, buying something valuable in the post, we need to say that we can get it to them without it getting stolen and what, you know, like we can reassure them that we're going to use the best couriers. And, you know, we, if we've talked about personalization, we can say, look, this is going to be a unique gift. You know, it's, it's unique. It's not going to be everybody else is not going to have it. And you can trust us because of our heritage, the associations, the people we've done jewelry for, and we've done all this work, so we, you're much more likely to get a good result from this because of all this other stuff we've done. You can trust these other people who've used us. So thank you very much. Please go in order. And it's what other you want to see what other people say about you 
to get the job done. So if they were similar, so, I've, other, so if I was buying a, a earring for my wife, or even two earrings for my wife, um, I'd want to see other men who had bought earrings for the wives and have been happy and, and it worked out well. That's what I want to see. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I want to see people like me who have had a successful outcome and so it's all what gone. What you're well. doing is you're conquering last minute anxieties. So, the, so, the, so they've added to basket now and they're now, they're now deciding whether or not it's a very, very, very important step, this basket, this page, this basket page. So don't skip it. Don't think, oh, I'll take them straight to the checkout. They're not mm. ready. So they, you have tamed to the basket um, because they'll be, what are they worried about now? They're worried about, well, what happens if it, is it going to come on time? So you need, you need to make sure so it's in stock. So all the stock declaration stuff that you did on the product page and the product page checklist, that's got to be there underneath each little item in the basket there. It's in stock. It's guaranteed to come, you know, by this, this time. Um, then you've got the, then you've got the returns policy because what happens? What happens if they don't like it? What you know, and that, that's your you know your no you know you know your promise, your no quibble, free returns, you know, happy satisfaction promise, whatever you're going to dress it up as, make it into a thing that you you know you're really pushing, um, and 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 then it's and it's backing that up with social proof that Mark says, and that really often is just a big you know big trust pilot or you know testimonial section underneath. But then it's about urgency, urgency and scarcity. So, so what you've got to do, you're trying to get them to buy now. Because if they don't buy from you, they got, they got, they're back into Google at this point. If they don't buy at this point, they're back into Google. They're going to go and buy from somewhere else uh, or they're going to buy something from somewhere else. So you know, you're, you're, you're trying to encourage them to buy from you. So, you, so you, you don't want to miss out. So scarcity is where you're saying, look, you know, this is a unique piece. You know, we don't want you to miss out. If you don't buy it now, you know, don't mess around. We're going to guarantee it's going to come. Um, but you're trying to add a bit of a bit of reason to buy now, and that's often the offer architecture, which you can do with scarcity or urgency. So, yeah, I don't know if we've seen a jewelry business do really well here. It tends to be scarcity that they pushed, isn't it? They tend to be look. You know, it's reassurance as well. Stuff. It's definitely reassurance that that they that they're in the right place and they're going to get the right gift delivered and they're going to get it on time and and other people have had success with it. Um, so yeah, yeah, and, and you can do you can do offers. Offers do work still. Do do work, yeah. especially around big gifting times. You know, you do it by get your Christmas shopping done early. Uh, you know, these kind of deals and those kind of stuff. Um, I mean, some people do free gift, don't they? They do, you know, buy this yeah. and get anything free. So, you know, spend up to 100 quid and, and you can choose from one of these two free things. So you're almost getting two gifts. Mm. That's exciting, isn't it? Wow, I'm getting two things. You know, so that's sort of, so you can play with that, can't you? But unless you've done the first bit right, the offer architecture doesn't work. I mean, in all cases, unless, you, unless you've, you know, added desirability or convincibility, you know, the offer architecture doesn't work. They have to want the product. The offer architecture is purely just trying to get people to buy from you now and not put it off mm. after somebody else. We've got so seven left. minutes left, Ian. So I just wanted to go oh, through the salespeople at the end. And there's one thing about the average order value, which is just the yeah. fourth salesperson, which is different for jewelry in that a lot of people tend to buy one item. 
they tend to buy a gift and that'll be what they got. Now there will be some times where people might buy a couple of things on certain jewelry stores, but mm, certainly with the jewelry places where the average order value might be like hundred pounds or something like that, that might be one item or, um, and it's very rare to kind of add something else. And, and no matter what people do to try and get them to buy two items, it's just not how people buy it. It's like buying a wedding dress. You're not going to buy two wedding dresses just in case some people might. God. Um, and, and so the supersize, the supersizing AOV to increase the average order value has to be done um, very much around the item that they've chosen to buy. So it's all about like adding engraving, adding personalization, adding better gift wrapping, adding, uh, you know, buying a pair of these rather than just buying one. Maybe these come as a set, you know, this is maybe one of two or something like that. But the upsell needs to very closely relate to the product chosen because that's what the, the, the eye is on the prize and that's the prize and that's what they want. So it needs to be a very logical addition. Well, so, you, so you're thinking, well, what are the optional extras I can add for this? And, and but also is there a, is there a, can I upscale can I up this person can I you know they came in with a mm. budget of fifty pounds for this silver bangle, but for sixty five pounds they could get this one. And yeah, it's, it's just pushing. They can get platinum plating. Would you like the platinum plating? Would you like the 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 super duper font? Would you like the um you know the something else that goes with it? Maybe there's and a very luxurious bag you know gift bag that comes. Yeah, there's a, there's a you, yeah. you know. You don't want to, but you don't want to do give them too much choice to start thinking. Well, the standard one's not that. Good. Yeah, usually it's one or two options. It's one or two. I mean, we've went through a lot of options there, but it's usually one or two main options as as a kind of a, a striker to an upsell, and usually you find one that works. And sometimes, like you know, forty percent of people take the upsell, forty percent people don't, but it's a significant amount of extra revenue, so it's worth doing. And then the the last salesperson is the uh, lifetime customer value salesman. Now, this is, this is harder for jewelry because let's say I bought some earrings for my wife. Like no matter how much you email me, I'm not going to buy any more earrings because I bought them as a gift and you know it's once in a blue moon and that kind of stuff. So there's only a certain proportion of your list who, if people are buying for themselves, obviously they might buy again. Um, but jewelry is, is particularly difficult to uh, always, you know, it's not like clothing where people can come back and buy and buy again. So what we do with jewelry a lot of the time is we try and give people a story to tell when they get the jewelry. So it, it, stories travel because what we're really looking for is someone to say, oh, I, I want to get one of those. Oh, that would be a great gift for someone else. So we, in order for that to happen, we have to give people a story to tell. And so what we tend to do is like giving people an unexpected gift with order or something like that. So as they order, they've ordered something, we've given them something unexpected. And then they'll go, oh, look what I got with my so-and-so and give them something to talk about. And they go, oh, where did you get that from? It's like, oh, I got this from so-and-so. And that's the story we want to be spread. So we, we, we wow them and give them a good story to tell. And obviously, you know, if they've had a good experience with us, when the gifting season rocks around, you know, Easter, Valentine's Day, um, Christmas, Black Friday, all those kind of places, we want to have a big email list because we can do a, we can do very well during those times. When people think, oh, this is the time when you would buy jewelry, 
you know, their, their wallets open sense. and you, you've got to be it, right. Yeah, in front and, it, and, and it makes sense to communicate with them at the same time they bought last year. So if they bought yeah. something in yeah. June, you know, you'd email them in June. Yeah, yeah. but get this right. You get you if you get gift selling jewelry online is is can be an incredibly successful business. Get it yeah. right. You know, it, it, you know if some if you buy a pair of earrings for your for your husband or whatever, you know if you get it right, you know they'll be remembering this for the the next five years. You know, and it's you're selling you're selling that. You know, this is how you yeah. this is what you've got to sell. And um, actually, yeah, with any jewelry business, with any if you are a craftsperson and you you will have certain customers who love you who will buy over and over again. You would just have not as many of those as, as, as like a business selling clothes, but you will have them. And yeah, you, you to keep the lifetime value long, you can you can engage them. You can do product launches. You can do scarcity. You can do, I'm only going to make five of these. I've just found Steve McQueen's motorbike, and I'm going to make some earrings out of, out of the, the gaskets. And obviously, once Steve McQueen's motorbike is gone, it's gone. You know, like you can really engage people with the projects you're, you're doing. Um, and... And that's how you increase the long-time customer value is by really finding and looking after those really, you know, those big buyers that that really love your stuff as well. So there is that aspect to it too. Yeah. So yeah. thank you very much, Ian. Um, I know we've been through a, uh, the five salespeople quite quickly, but I think we've 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 laid the, a, a good framework. Uh, platform for for jewelry obviously there's you know uh, there's, there's you know you can go as far into it and obviously if you're going to go and do five ten million then there's nuances to it but i think um if you follow those fundamental things you should do you should do well okay super okay thank you very much and thanks for all the people that watched us uh and uh i hope you have a good day i'll speak to you next week okay Cheerio, bye. Bye.